For a long time, most of my breakthrough marketing secrets content and episodes has talked about copywriting, being a copywriter, all of that, right? And yet a huge part of my success in marketing uh, has hinged on my being ready, willing, and able to take a marketing leadership role. And so like right now, that's why it makes so much sense that I'm starting to offer fractional CMO services for targeted businesses, which if you want to find out more about that, you can go to royfer.com. That's not really the point of this, but the point of this is like going back, going back, looking back when I got my first marketing job and was like the marketing guy at the company, I fairly quickly grew in that role to the point where we were hiring multiple marketing people and I was helping to lead that charge. And then as I continued to grow and mature, I became a freelance copywriter, but then quickly ended up in a position where I was leading an entire copy department as like an interim copy chief, copy chiefing the different copywriters on the team. Uh, I, you know, went off and kind of did my own thing freelance again for a while, but then I grew a uh, grew kind of an agency model where I was working with junior copywriters working underneath me and writing copy for my clients. And it's consistently been this this situation where I step up into these higher level leadership roles. Now that takes a lot of skills, but one of the really important skills that comes from that is anytime you're you're starting to manage a team, whether that's a marketing team or anything else, you need to be pretty good at delegating, right? And so today's episode, the main topic of today's episode is three tips for better delegation with a focus really on marketing team management because, you know, that's the core of my audience. But, you know, the, many of the, the principles that you're going to get out of this are going to apply across the board. So one huge tip for better delegation, and if if we, there's a book drive and um, in this book, they talk about the things that motivate people. And when you think about what motivates people, you might think, oh, you want to pay them well and all of that. But one of the major, major things that uh, motivates people, well, two major things are autonomy and mastery. And autonomy is you're basically allowed to figure out how to achieve your goals, right? You're, you're given the leeway to achieve your goals. And you're more motivated if you're not micromanaged. You're more motivated if people say, here is a goal that we as a team would like to hit, right? But not here's how you do it, right? It's, it's the what of the goal. This is what we want to achieve, right? Not here's how we're going to achieve it. And yes, there may be some guidelines, right? Like we, we know that webinar campaigns work really well, or we know that video sales letter funnels work really well within our market, but we're not going to, to force the person down to the level of, okay, and you have to use this webinar structure and you have to do this thing and you have to do that thing, right? You want to give them autonomy, but also they want a sense of mastery. And that sense of mastery comes, this is the second thing out of that book drive, the sense of mastery comes out of this like having this what goal given to you, figuring out the how, or yeah, figuring out the how for yourself and then hitting that goal, right? And then you're like, wow, I did it, that's awesome. And so at the highest level, if you want to be successful at delegation, you have to give your team the capability, the, the uh, flexibility to have autonomy in how they do their work and 
that's going to give them a sense of mastery over their work as they achieve the what goals that you define. So number one tip for better delegation is to define the what, not the how. So be clear on your expectations. This is what we want to achieve, right? What are the success criteria? What does success look like? What are our key performance indicators, our KPIs? What has to be true for this project to be finished, right? And a lot of these things, like as, as a business leader, that's what you need to be focused on. You need to be focused on those big what goals. Here is, uh, here's what we're looking to achieve. Here's what success is going to look like. Here's, here's how we're going to measure success, right? And, and I said how there, but that's still a what thing. Like that's what the key KPIs are doing. They're saying this is what success looks like. And, you know, if you are getting into some specifics around a particular project that you're working on, you do define what has to be true for the project to be finished, right? But then you have to hand it off. And this, this goes down to things like schedule management, uh, process management, all of that, that, that you want to hand off a lot of these things and give your team more and more capability to define the how of their work. Now, obviously, when someone is brand new, there's going to be more training. There's going to be more, here's our processes. Here's what we found works. Here's how things work around here. But you want to give people the opportunity to give feedback on those processes, to experiment, to experiment with new hows, right? Experiment and find better ways. You want to manage your marketing team, you want to delegate, you need to lead the strategy and the process, right? And yes, I said I said process here, right? Um, but let me give you an example. Uh, so I work with an assistant who helps me with a lot of publishing related tasks and a lot of other tasks too. And, um, and when we started on so many different elements of what we do, I said, okay, here's the process that I follow. Here's the things that I've been doing on my own. Let me hand that to you and let me give you opportunities to redefine those processes and to um, make those processes better. And that's good delegation, right? Um, you, you say, here's our strategy. Here's the big picture stuff, right? Um, and here is the process that we know that works right? Or if there's not a process, if there's not a process, you lead the team to help you create one. It's any process should be a, a, um, a, a working, a living document, right? An opportunity for improvement every time we run through it. And then as that process is optimized, you lead the team to follow it, right? So you don't need to reinvent the wheel every time. I, I have a client that does a ton of video sales letter acquisition campaigns and they create these products and the products are typically about a hundred bucks and they, um, they have a process for creating the product and then they have a process for creating the front end video sales letter, usually with the help of a very skilled copywriter, and then they have a process for what the additional components of that campaign look like. And so the leadership there is leading the team to follow the process, right? Uh, and within that process, there can be a lot of flexibility, or there can be like version one is strict adherence to the process, and version two starts to test away from that and see, you know, what remains the control, what beats the control, right? And an important thing here, an important thing here is 
as marketers, as marketing leaders, we often work with a lot of people who are technicians. So in my architecture of a skill model, we have principles at the bottom. Those are the rules that we follow, right? Strategy is our thinking behind implementing the rules. Uh, techniques and tactics get into the more specific on the ground implementation of the rule. And a technician, a technician will be somebody like a media buyer, a copywriter. Uh, a technician is somebody who comes in and does the work, right? They create the deliverable. They set things up. They deploy the technology, right? That's a technician. And a lot of businesses, like that's kind of the entry-level marketing role. That's the lowest-level marketing role. That's the on-the-ground marketing role. It's the, it's the technician. It's the person who's, who's coming in and doing the deliverable work, right? And those people want to thrive, right? They want to have a sense of mastery. And a lot of times they're thriving and their mastery and their autonomy comes with the actual, at the actual implementation level. But the strategy has to be good for, let's say a media buyer, right? If your overall marketing department strategy is not effective, that media buyer could send a ton of traffic towards your website, towards your conversion systems, whatever, that agency, whoever they are, and yet it doesn't work, it doesn't pan out, the economics don't support it, the conversions don't support it. So you need that strong overall strategy to give each technician in their role a context to thrive. So as, as the leader here, you're leading the strategy, the overall big picture process, and you're giving the, the technicians an opportunity to, to thrive. And then when you get into delegation, and people do the work, this is often the most difficult part. You know, you have that technician who did the thing and then they give it to you and they, it's, it's like the kid giving their parents the homework and they're like, look how good I did. And then the parent has to be like, uh, you're, you're, and I went through this last night. I went through, uh, you're not doing this math correctly here. I'm sorry. Like that's not, uh, it's not correct. So one way to give that feedback is, oh my God, you suck so bad. Why do you suck so bad? Like, why are you so terrible at math? You're so dumb, right? Oh, you suck so bad. Why are you so dumb at copywriting? You're such a terrible copywriter. You're a failure. You're never, that's not good feedback in any way, because even if they wanted to become better, they don't understand how to actually improve based on that feedback. And on another level, Tearing them down and shaming them and telling them they are a failure uh, with fixed mindset thinking is only going to make your team fall apart. Okay, if you want your team to thrive, you need to support them as individuals with a growth mindset, help them grow in their role, see the best version of them as they grow, as they move forward, right? And give specific actionable feedback for how they can move forward. So. Uh, you know, with math, it's, well, actually, this was last night. Um, as we are adding time, as we're trying to figure out how much time has elapsed in this time period, you have to remember that an hour is not 100 minutes, it's 60 minutes. And for third graders, that's super relevant, right? Like adding time, the automatic thinking is, oh, we're adding, it's in this column, therefore it's 100, right? But it's not for time. 
For marketing, it could be, um, you know, this particular presentation of the offer could use a stronger presentation of the guarantee here. So what I see is just, oh, you have a 30-day satisfaction guarantee, but what does that mean? What's the implications for that? How are they gonna judge satisfaction? What are the different conditions that they can look at? How, what is their checklist for defining the success of the use of this product, right? And so that's specific and supportive feedback. It's narrow based on improving a specific element, right? And then it's great to have them on board because that grows that sense of autonomy and, and, and mastery. So you wanna ask for their input for improvement. Okay, so for example, we test something and it doesn't work as well as we'd like. How do you think it could be made better? I, I've heard that Jeff Bezos actually likes to speak last in meetings like this. There's, there's a, a plan that's presented to everybody in the meeting. Everybody sits around, they read about the plan. Everybody in the meeting is given a chance to talk. And so he's giving them the opportunity to provide input for improvement on the plan, right? And then as the boss, as the person at the top, you say, okay, these were lots of great ideas. Um, here's my perspective on it. And what that does is it allows everybody to feel like they have an opportunity to have their voice heard and they don't automatically shut down to try and comply with what the boss thinks about it because the boss could be wrong, right? And the boss might realize in listening to everybody, giving their input, that one of their thoughts like missed a detail or something. Uh, we are not infallible. Even if we get into a leadership role, especially if we get into a leadership role, we're not infallible, right? And as we are asking for input uh, for improvement, remember to tie it back to the success criteria and the KPIs, which is what you define at that highest level, right? One big bonus on this is to uh, create as many opportunities as possible for rapid and iterative feedback. You want to give people lots of opportunities to, um, to, to get feedback because that's how people improve fastest is just lots of creation, lots of feedback, lots of iterations. It can also take the emotional weight out of it. If somebody's been working on something for three months and they finally get feedback at the end, well, that's a 90-day investment of their time, energy, focus, efforts, like emotion, um, cognition, like everything invested in it, right? Versus, oh, okay, what did you work on yesterday? Okay, can I see that? Okay, uh, here's a great opportunity to make that a little bit better. What do you think about that? Oh, okay, you agree, okay. And then um, what are we gonna do today to take this to the next step? Okay, cool. And I know that for, you know, for example, for copywriters, uh, there's this this whole thing where a lot of copywriters, myself included, do kind of like to go off and hide in our cave and kind of work through things and handing in a first draft is automatically going to get a negative response because our first drafts are not very good. I just wrote something where it wasn't until the fourth version of the lead and it was a brand new, completely different version. Um, it wasn't until then that I felt like, oh, that's great, you know, and and so um, rapid and iterative needs to be. Uh, a little bit flexible here, depending on the type of work that's being done. But at the same time, faster, more iterative feedback is going to be more effective. And so, for example, that's why you might want to learn and use something that's more like a scrum process, even though that was designed for computer programming, uh, to have this, this constant feedback cycle going on to be improving and to be getting things done. 
So my call to action for you at the end of this is how can you use these three tips to improve your delegation? Even if there's just one thing you could share in a comment that you would take away to, uh, to delegate better and to achieve better results with your team, let me know that. Also, don't forget to like and subscribe if you want more content like this delivered to you. And if you are interested in uh, exploring what it might look like to work with me as your fractional CMO, as a leader inside your business, helping to run your marketing team, especially if you're in online publishing, digital marketing, you're using funnels, you're a copy-driven business, check out the link in the description to royfer.com and you can book an intro call there if it seems like we might be a good fit. I'm Roy Fur. this is Breakthrough Marketing Secrets. I'm here every day, every episode, trying to help you increase your marketing, your copywriting, your business building success, and I'll see you again in the next episode. See you soon, bye. Thank you once again for tuning in to this daily episode of Breakthrough Marketing Secrets. Remember, check out the links with this episode for even more value. Now make sure you like, comment, share, subscribe, and engage in every way you can to keep this show going and growing and delivering daily value to you. I'll catch you soon for your next big breakthrough.